Listening Dog Media. The Heel is Real podcast with Abby Eastwood and Debbie Mack. Oh, oh, this is too funny. Well, look, I, I'm <laughs> going to introduce our next guest who's already had us in fits before we press record. Um, she has been incredibly open and honest in the media about her journey with breast implant illness. She is a British Soap Award winning actress, best known for her character in Emmerdale as Chaz Dingle. It is the gorgeous Lucy Partita. Hello, lovely. Hello. Hello. Hey. Lucy, you need to explain tit heads that you were just explaining to us before uh, we started recording. (laughs) Well, I have the one implant that I have left that was given to me by my surgeon because the other one was completely uh, ruptured. So I couldn't obviously take that one home. So in order to try and explain to the kids what had happened to mummy when I came out of surgery, I, I, I brought it home and we started playing catch with it. And then it very rapidly became Titted. <laughs> so you kind of have to catch it on your head. So Titted is is the only use that should ever be for these things. Oh, so catching and placing on your head, Titted. Oh, that's I great. Maybe so I should much. have done something like that with my kids because my kids just think I fell down the stairs twice in six months. <laughs> Oh, oh, that's so I good. I still can't believe that these, I mean, the, the weight of them alone. I, yeah. I still can't. I look at them now and I just kind of, well, the one that's left uh, and just kind of think I, I can't actually believe that, that that was inside me. It's absolutely vile. Oh, <laughs> well, you had two two lots, didn't you, hun? You had the first lot at 21 and the second lot at 32. So when you had your yeah. first look put in, in 20, when you were 21, did you have any symptoms at all in that first 11 no, years? No, I didn't. I had nothing really, nothing that I can kind of think of, to be quite honest with you. I had, um, you know, the rippling effect started to happen so that the capsulation obviously started to happen. And I don't know why, I think that was the only reason I changed them really. I just kind of thought, well, I changed my tyres on my car you know, yearly or uh, so really I should be looking after my own tires and change them. Uh, and I think my body had changed with having a, um, you know, k- kind of gaining weight, losing weight and all that kind of thing. And, and they were starting to get rippled and I didn't want that anymore. So I just thought, right, change your tires, get a new, new set. So the, no symptoms at all with the first set. It was only when the second no set symptoms. went in that things started to yeah. go wrong. And how long were the second set in for? Uh, they were in for about 10 years, 11 years. And did you go for the same kind the second time round no. as well? Um, no, I think the first lot I had were kind of first generation silicon. Uh, mm-hmm. So they, they weren't as kind of hard as they are now, as in kind of jelly-like. Um, but I went for, yeah, silicon again, but just a different, the updated version. What size are they? I'm just saying that I know for anybody who's listening, they, they can't see, but but they, they look pretty big. <laughs> what what size are they? 375cc. Wowzers. Wow. No wonder uh, they're heavy. That's a whole one, 100cc more than I had. <laughs> Was it? Yeah. I know. Well, I always, I grew up with Pammy. You know, I grew up yeah. with that whole thing of... <laughs> I just want, they were big to begin with. I mean, I was a a good CD cup before Mm. I even had my first implants. And I think I went to see my first surgeon and he said, well, I can do an uplift on you because they were light, like um, potatoes in the bottom of socks. I felt like I could swing them around my head. And I just went in and went, I don't like, this isn't really great. And they were different sizes and I wanted them evening up. And he said, I can hoist them up and I can do you an uplift, but 
if I um, put you an implant in, it'll just make it rounder at the top and that, you know, that, that hard cap full. Yeah, that kind of like full on pammy thing that I wanted. So that's why I did it in the first place, just to to even them up and to, to round off the shape. And then the second time round, I just thought, mm, I'd just go again for two big, um, the, the Mitchell brothers, as I called them. <laughs> so when you went for both of the consultations, if you can remember your very first one, because I think you were 21 for your first one, 32 for your second one. Can you remember yeah. them telling you of any of the potential risks? First one, nothing. I can't remember him telling me anything about potential risks. I think he said something about encapsulation and they could go a bit lumpy bumpy, but that was normal. And if I massaged them, that would help ease it. Um, I can remember after my first surgery, this was a, a horror story that um, I wanted to go out. As soon as I had them in, I wanted to go out with no bra with these boobs. So I waited for about four days and then I thought, right, that's it. I'm going out with no bra on. <laughs> why I did I don't know anyway I got home got in the bath and then put my cream on that they used to give you to kind of for the scars and my finger disappeared inside my boob oh good so I'd been out and been dancing all night and obviously it split hadn't felt a thing because the anesthetic was still in there my finger went straight inside my boob I then passed out on the floor then called my mate and went I think my tit's gonna fall out can you can you take me to the surgeon this was on a Sunday morning so I, I literally held my tit together going through um, Regent's Parking and over the speed bumps thinking my boob's going to fall out on the floor. Got to his office. He said, I'm cleaning the car. Give me half an hour. I'll get there. And then <laughs> sewed me up without anas any anaesthetic and a whiskey. He said, here, have a whiskey. I've got nothing in the surgery. Have a whiskey. I'll sew you back up again. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> I mean, we're talking 20-odd years ago, but looking back now, I think, oh, wow. Sewn back up with a glass of whiskey and a needle lying on someone's couch in their consultant room. Do you know what? Second time takes, round. I was going to say, <laughs> it, it takes a lot to make Debbie and I go speechless, but both of us are sat there with our mouths <laughs> wide open. Yeah. Wow. Uh, That's 20 years ago now. for you. And that yeah, didn't put exactly. you off going back and having a second pair put in either. <laughs> no, I'm a sucker for punishment. <laughs> so after the second set went in, what, yeah. at what point do you think you started feeling a little bit off and, and alarm bells started to ring for you? I'd say after about three, three years, I think. I think because I'd had the first set in, I kind of was used to feeling the way I felt. The second set started to, they almost felt like they were not crushing my chest, but I was never able to have that full expanse of, um, of my rib cage. I never felt like I was fully able to ex expand my rib cage and kind of felt like that. And then I started to get weird, what I put down to age weird pains in my hips, you know, just like aching pains in my hips, aching pains in my armpits, itchy chest constantly. And you kind of go, right, okay, am I eating something? Is there something, you know, have I got an allergy to something? Just kind of itchy around my chest and itchy armpits and aches there, aches in my, my groin. That was the biggest thing for me. The aches, aches and pains and the brain fog. And I thought, I'm not getting old enough to have brain fog. 
yeah, I know I'm busy. Yeah, I know I work all the time and I love a drink and, I, and you know, I've got crazy life at home and at work. But my, it was just like this kind of constant mist on my brain that I couldn't seem to lift, even if I didn't have a glass of wine. Um, so, yeah. And that must have really affected your work. It, it did. I mean, it was harder for information to go in and to stay in. And it was harder to concentrate um, on focusing on, you know, learning things. Yeah, remembering your lines, because I yeah. I think that with actors anyway, how are they remembering all their lines? But when you've got brain fog, it must be absolutely horrendous. Yeah, it, it was it was strange. Were there any moments like on set where you just completely forgot what you were doing or your lines and just thought, hang on a minute, this is this is really wrong? It, no, it never got that bad. It just it it never got that bad. It just became more frequent, more every day, no kind of gaps in between kind of not feeling like that. And the anxiety started kicking in. But then with my life and what was happening in my life at that later time before I explanted, um, could have kind of, I, I put the anxiety and the, the constant kind of fear of, you know, that fight or flight mode. I put that down to my life and what was going on in my life and not necessarily my breast implants. But then once that had been resolved and I still had those issues, then I I started kind of going, oh, right, okay, so that's just another one of the things that I'm experiencing. This is what a lot of uh, people say about breast implant illness, because obviously as women, we go through so much. We, we mm. have babies, we've got the menopause, we've got really busy lives, especially if we're working mums, and we attribute the symptoms to so many other things that are going on. And if you've had these in you for years, you're not going to suddenly think, oh, it's definitely the tits. No, no you, you don't. You don't automatically think it's the tits. And and I would never have put it down to the tits, I don't think, and until they started getting really quite capsulated. And, and, and I think it was the actual physicality and the aesthetics of them that made me think. It's weird to think that the visual thing um, sparked my concern more than what the other symptoms. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. it was almost kind of the look of them that made me go, oh, my God, right, they're getting... And then everything else started to click into place. And then I started to do a bit more research and then I started talking to Leanne Brown about it. Yes, the lovely Leanne. Um, and she, she just, a lot of what she said resonated with, with, with what I was going through and what it possibly could be. And did you join the Facebook group at some point as yes, well? Yes, I did. Said that she thought that you joined the Facebook yeah, group. Yeah, I did. I mean, I'm not a Facebook user. Um, um, <clears throat> but when I heard about the Facebook group, I think it was Leanne that actually mentioned it. That's when I kind of went on there and just saw all these women, you know, younger women that, had ha that were experiencing things as well as women our age that could put it down to menopause or getting older or just having kids. And a lot of the symptoms were similar. And I just thought, this is me. This is me. Th th this is exactly what I'm going through. It's like a massive light bulb moment, isn't it? You just think, oh, okay, no. Yeah, like, huge light bulb. Why didn't I think of this 
sooner. But then I think with you and I, obviously Debbie's story is just a very brief six months from this year, 2022. Whereas for us, when we went in um, and had our surgeries, it wasn't even a thing then. And even if you typed in breast implant illness, nothing came up on Google. There was no information for us to make us make that correlation between the toxic boobs and all the symptoms that we are going through. No, and, and when you go in there and they give you all the bumps, yeah. the main thing that they do concentrate on, even with my last lot, which was from a, a, quite a massive company, um, all that seemed to be on there that was highlighted was the capsulation. Mm. You know, there was there was nothing else mentioned. And I love the fact, because I also got told, just massage it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, when it happens, massage it. Massage your boobs. I'm like, <laughs> but, just massage. But when there is rock hard, you're kind of massaging away going, mm, no, nothing's shifting. <laughs> yeah, and you worry as well. You kind of think, God, if I push too hard, what, you know, I constantly used to think that they were going to explode. You know, you'd be on your front having a massage and I'd be like, oh, don't press too hard. That's going to pop them. Yeah. <laughs> I remember jumping out of the helicopter when I did a, I'm a celeb with the harness on and thinking, why if my tits explode halfway down? You just kind of think, massaging, it's not going to work, you know. And the fear of when I started reading into it and thinking, God, what if they are ruptured? What if there's holes in there and I'm massaging and I'm actually squeezing the silicon into my system. That's the other thing, isn't it? Because they say the exercise, if, if the, there, there are some theories that say if you do too much exercise or it's like you've said before, Abby, when you're hoisting on the bra and there's all of this movement, mm. um, there's silico- silicon migration yeah. throughout the body. And that's what can block your lymph nodes and cause all sorts of problems that way. Yeah. Especially if you've got older breast implants in you know if you've had them in for 10 11 I had mine in for 15 years you are going to have degradation I can never mm. say that word properly but you are <laughs> going to have that they are they are going to start to degrade and you are going to start to lose little bits in your system um, but I wanted to ask you actually as well Lucy about when you were pregnant because I think this is quite important to touch with some people that maybe have had them or even are thinking about having them now I was pregnant as well when I had mine how did that affect you because it's seriously affected me I couldn't breastfeed at all and I was told it wouldn't affect breastfeeding I was going to be fine Um, but I really struggled yeah I noticed that with yeah with Lola when Lola was first born um I tried to breastfeed and it just the the milk was obviously there Mm. but it just wasn't she couldn't latch on she couldn't there was just hardly anything coming out I was pumping and pumping and putting it just seemed like nothing was connected, that, that things hadn't been connected back up. And, I mean, I had an uplift, so I was told that, you know, everything would stay connected and they'd just literally be fine. But, no, she couldn't. She And the, the pain was excruciating. I know breastfeeding can be excruciating anyway, but they didn't work. It was they, Lola was unable to breastfeed. And I, I can only assume it was because of the implants. But with the twins, I didn't I, I didn't even go there with the twins, to be quite honest with you, because I just thought mm, two of them will be insane. <laughs> what happened with you, Abby? So I did breastfeed. My first child, I breastfed her for um, probably about two weeks. But the trouble was they got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I, I, 
I couldn't get anything out. And the pain, uh, you know, yeah. um, I was sticking them in hot water to try and express, basically, just to try and get the milk out because it, I, she couldn't latch on. So it's exactly the same story as you. And the second child, um, a second child sounds like I love my kids. Second kid, um, she also <laughs> um, she also struggled, but I did a month with her. But it was really for her, it was at that stage where it's breast is best. And I went to a breastfeeding group to try yeah. and get help. Um, and then got chucked out when I couldn't breastfeed and was told I was no longer allowed in the group um, uh, because I was bottle feeding. And yeah, it was oh just to add to God. the anxiety I was already going through. <laughs> yeah. It is tough being come, a woman. Come in. I know you want to. <laughs> I think now, thank God I didn't try and breastfeed the second because that my, my right boob was leaking. And I just kind of, you know, that flash of thinking... Oh my god! If it was leaking and it's getting into my system, then then the kids would have basically been drinking yeah. silicon in some way. Scary. That's what I, I that yeah. And I don't know if that can possibly happen. Lucy, are you aware that in November 2021 the FDA put a black box warning on implants? Yes, I had heard that. I had heard that, and I don't know. I would love to know whether these clinics are actually uh, informing people of this uh, i mean how much information is actually going from consultant to patient would be very interesting to find out yeah because as we were saying it's not like you can go and buy something from a shop yeah. they list the ingredients in on a pack of skittles other snacks are available but um you know they won't give you a <laughs> list of ingredients and you know what it's been black you know, black box for you know, when yeah. you're having the consultation and do you actually know of anybody else that's um, had breast implant illness? Of any of your friends that um, have, have got them and, and maybe have some weird symptoms and they've spoken to you about it? I've got a, yeah, I've got a friend in London who has had them in for a very, very long time. She's got quite a few symptoms and I keep saying to her, get your tits mm. out. And there's a lot of people I know with breast implants now and I constantly am saying to them, just get them out. If you've got anything, if they any any symptoms, anything that you're not comfortable at, a change them if you think they're fine, and and you're quite happy with the way that you want your body to look with them. Change them if they've been in there for a long time, so you can just double check that those implants are okay. And if you no longer, if if you've got to a part a stage in your life where you're kind of like indifferent about the way that your body looks with them in, get them out before you start having any problems. I mean, I'm a great kind of thing of. Just get them out. Get them out. Just get them out. Have you got? Oh, get them out. Get them out. Because if you don't have anything, then at some point, I, I truly believe something's going to happen to them. They are ticking time bombs. I think that's great advice, actually. You know, if you haven't got any symptoms at all, but you've had them in for a long time, to get them out because actually change, change them. them. Yeah, change some, your yeah, exactly. Because you know they are going to start to break down and go wrong at some point, and it, yeah. even though. They're in that capsule. I mean, we've seen loads of videos. I think Debbie sent me one this morning where a surgeon opened oh, up um, a capsule of a woman who had and had implants in. Oof. Yeah. I don't know how yep. long they've been in. Yeah. How long have just they been pure in? Liquid. They'd been in 45 years. <laughs> uh, yes. So so the, the capsule was, was rock hard and he got some yeah. scissors and <clears throat> finally managed to get through it. And then when he opened them up, it was it was gel that he just pulled out like pulled goo. Out. Like goo. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, I am quite obsessed with watching the videos. So am I. I don't know about you, but I, re- <laughs> I love it. I love, I'm like, I'm always cutting it open what we're going to find. <laughs> Do you know what? Watching <laughs> that explant sur- um, surgery for dispatches, I was a bit like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm not massively brilliant with yeah. blood and, and stuff like that. But it was fascinating. I didn't, I thought I was going to probably get queasy. I didn't. I could have watched all day, all of them being done. It was absolutely fascinating. I had- did you have any idea? I had. I, I can't believe how blind I was going into it, but I had no idea, even the second time round. I mean, because the first time round, he obviously left the capsule in and then just put another set of implants in. So I had a capsule in there from the first set. He didn't take the capsule out the, first, the second time. But I had no idea that my body was going to form this scar tissue. Mm. I, I had... I, absolutely no idea that that's what the body was doing it's fighting something mm. and it's forming scars protecting itself i had no idea no. so when Me i neither. started reading into the whole capsulectomy and you have to have the capsule to, i was like what do you mean capsule well, what is this capsule yeah oh is your body actually protecting itself from a foreign body of course it's going to do that yeah. or as the yeah. pa to my surgeon said the capsule is formed because your body is protecting the implant <laughs> it's doing it's doing what <laughs> yeah made it sound very flowery oh. and nice yeah oh and, yeah, and i bought it him, <laughs> <laughs> oh. um i watched a video this morning it was actually it was actually a dispatches video uh lucy that obviously was filmed just yeah. before you had the operation and then when you just came out after it and uh, you were saying oh i've been frantically tidying the house because i'm, <laughs> I'm so anxious about the surgery what do you actually remember about that day the the day of the explant surgery not a lot Really, I can remember going in and and just kind of the anticipation. I think I was just, I was so happy with my surgeon. I knew absolutely everything and I knew that I was going to feel better after they came out. But there was that niggling doubt of what if I'm left with no tits and I've still got my symptoms and and how am I going to get back home? My one thing was how am I going to look after three kids on my own with bandages and not being able to move that was the and the what if I do this spend all this money and I'm still left with all these things and I was completely looking for something to latch onto as a reason for all my symptoms and it wasn't actually my boobs that's what I was thinking which I think is really common I think that's literally what every one of us went through because you said as well on dispatches that you've been crying like there's been a lot of tears before you were explanting. And I imagine that was all of those fears just running through your head. I've got, I know I need to do this, but what if I do it and it doesn't work? Yeah. And what if I'm left, but I've got no boobs. I look even worse. Well, I thought I was going to look worse. But I could not be happier than I am now <laughs> in the way I look, to be quite honest with you. Um, and, and then I'm still walking around crippled with groin pain and, and then have no boobs. That's, that was a massive fear for me. So speaking of symptoms, how are you now since they've come out? Absolutely symptom-free. Amazing. No pain in my groin, no pain in my armpits, no weird itchiness on my chest. I can. I think I said, you know, I thought they were trying to kill me with too much oxygen when I first came round because I, I could actually breathe and I thought they were trying to smother me. Um, I can actually breathe. I can... I can have a massage. <laughs> yeah, it's just the, the list of benefits now and the list of ailments that I don't have 
brain fr- I still suffer with a little bit of anxiety, but that's just life related. I don't that's not enforced by me not kind of, you know, having a choice over it. Um I just don't, I don't have any of the things that I have. Brain fog, no, that's just a, a glass of wine too much on a night the next morning. That lifts, that, that isn't that constant mist that's rolling in over the hills anymore. It, it's, um, it's like I've been given a new lease of clarity and health in my body. Did the whole thing blow your mind, <laughs> as I couldn't stop saying <laughs> a couple of months ago and still now? I think it did, really, to think that I, I must have been sick for so many years and, and my whole thought process of who I was and what I was portraying physically was based on two bags of jelly that weren't even part of my body and that I was going to be so much happier finding me without these Phil and Grant Mitchell on my chest. Um, It's, yeah, I I feel like a completely new person. I mean, just that is exactly what we want to hear and exactly what, you know, women out there that are questioning whether their implants are making them ill or not, to hear the, I like to say success stories, but that's probably the wrong way to word it, just to hear actually... The reality that if you're impl- if you're feeling sick and you've got implants, the chances are, I would say, ninety five percent, it's going to be related. Wouldn't mm. you say? Yeah, definitely, absolutely. Well, it definitely was for me, and that was my my biggest fear. You know that I've just said that waking up and kind of not feeling the benefits, and and then then also feeling awful about my physical appearance. But yeah, I, I think it's the the best thing that I have ever done, and I'm so. I'm smaller than I ever was. I was I was bigger than this, I think, even when I was 12 years old. I had a big handful even then. So this is the first, this, this is completely a new body for me. And I, I love it. I love the way, I mean, occasionally, I mean, you buy a nice kind of sexy underwear and you buy like a super extra small thinking, yeah, this, and, but you're still not filling the booby bits. So there's times where I kind of feel I really did wish I still had them, but for purely aesthetic reasons. Uh, but I mean, I've got no bra on today and, and I can wear tops and I can run up the stairs without knocking myself out. And I'm in a new relationship now, exclusive, Shh, don't say anything. Uh, but you know, I, I, massive fear for me being a single mother of three going into possibly finding somebody else to spend the rest of my life with kind of thinking, Oh my God, the first thing I'm going to have to say is I've got no tits. I used to have tits. So imagine me with tits, but now I've got no tits. But it's just not even, I constantly find myself apologizing for no, having no tits. But he's like, well, I, I don't give a shit if you've got tits or not. You know, you've got, it's you that I, I love and it's you who I want to be with. And that would be quite weird if I imagine you with massive knockers. Thing is, I can see that you've got tits because you keep cupping them in the video and you you definitely have got something there. But I was saying to a friend of mine that after, and obviously my journey was so short, this time last year I didn't even have the implants, but I... I wanted bigger boobs. Then I got the bigger boobs. They made me really poorly. Now I've got the little boobs again and, and I just love them. I can't stop cupping them myself because they're just all me. You know, it's just me. I always found it weird sleeping on my front anyway with those things. <gasps> oh my God. It was like constant. I mean, it's constantly like trying to balance on these <laughs> weird 
I can always remember lying on my front thinking, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. It's like you're trying to balance on a, on a wobbly balloon. Yeah. <laughs> and thinking I'm going to slip off in a minute or one's going to slide over and knock the other one out the way. It, it, they're not comfortable at all. I constantly wore a bra. Day and night I wore a bra. I mean, because yours they- were whoppers though, babe. I mean, you had oh, super <laughs> huge ones put in. <laughs> I know, I've always gone to the extreme in everything. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't have a severe backache with those and you were hunched over, like trying to trying to pull no, yourself but- back up. <laughs> <laughs> but I've noticed the indents on my shoulders have completely disappeared now, you know, from wearing like big bras, <laughs> big, big scaffolding constantly. Boulder that, holders. That's nice to have. Boulder holders, serious boulder holders, yeah. Sports bra constantly in bed at night. I mean... You have these things to try and make you look more sexual sometimes. And, and me walking around in a sports bra is anything but. Uh. <laughs> I loved on a message you sent me as well on Twitter where you just said, and, you know, one of the best things is I have no boob sweat. It just made me crack <gasps> up. No under tit, under tit sweat. This summer everyone's been walking around going, oh, my God, it's so hot. And I'm like, I'm fine, babe. Literally, <laughs> fine. No sweaty tits, no having to dab them, looking at your top to see if you've got a mark. I mean, it's the, the list of bonus benefits are endless. It's win-win. It is definitely win-win. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting because the point of this podcast obviously is to just raise awareness about breast implant illness for all of those people that know nothing about it, of which there are loads and that could be suffering, have all sorts of symptoms and they have no idea it's to do with their boobs. Yeah. So the fact that you're coming on and talking about it as well is helping massively. Thank you so much. Well, I, I aim to try and spread the word to as many people as, you know, if I come into contact with that, that have got implants. I, I always kind of make it a topic of conversation, whether they like it or not. Uh, and yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice to be able to do some more press about it, to be quite honest with you. Now I'm three years in. Is it three years? Yeah, yeah. 2019 I had them explanted. So it'd be interesting or nice to do some more press around mm, now, three years later, how I feel. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, also mm. for us as well, we were so lucky to get dispatches out just before COVID hit. I yeah. mean, literally, it was, what, about a year, just under a year. And yeah. I think that's probably why it lost a bit of momentum as well, because obviously everyone was focusing on a bigger thing at the time. Um, so now picking it back up and getting the pace going again, just to raise awareness for women that, you know, maybe think they've got COVID, long COVID, but yeah. actually it could be the boobs. Yeah, it could be. It could be the tits. You know, it has to be one of the things that you think about now. It should be on the list of let's rule this out. Let's rule this out. It should be on that list of ruling things out. And that list should be with GPs as well, um, who are seeing people that have got them. Definitely. And just dismissing them or misdiagnosing people. Mm. Like you were, uh, Abby was misdiagnosed with labyrinthitis, wasn't it? it? Was. For four years yeah. that you didn't have? Yeah, labyrinthitis. <laughs> I mean, oh, the list is endless. I mean, the list is endless. I spent more time in, a, in an ambulance going to hospital <laughs> than I did at do, home. I mean, do you ever think that it will be on the list for GPs of things to consider. Do you think we'll ever get to that stage? I mean, if you think about how far it's come in the last few years of of awareness and kind of also to do with the FDA and all that kind of, uh, you know, looking into things, do you think we'll ever get to the stage where it is on a list of 
possibilities with a GP. I think it's moving in the right direction. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. I, I would imagine that more doctors will have women go, look, I think I've got breast implant illness. I mean, if you look on cancer websites now like cancer.org they list breast implant illness they list BIA ALCL so you from where we were when I first was trying to figure out what was going on which was 2016 to now 2022 you can google BII and it comes up yeah and it comes up with loads of information compared to back then so I definitely think we're going in the right direction for sure good good And hopefully this podcast will help a bit. I hope so. I hope it bloody does because more women need to be aware of it. Thank you, Lucy. Well, honey, it has been so amazing chatting to you today. And I'm so glad to see you're so much better three years on. Oh, I couldn't be more of a different person now. It's it's fab. I love it. It's amazing, isn't it? Get your tits out in the better way. (laughs) Get them out! (laughs) No one ever says it that way to me anymore. But now I say, get your tits out. (laughs) (laughs) The Heal is Real podcast. Thanks to the lovely Lucy for joining us. Um, But before we go, uh, we've been asking you to contact us with your stories on our Instagram page at the Heal is Real podcast. Um, And the lovely Caroline has sent us a message and she says, Hi, ladies. Thank you so much for your podcast. It's such an important topic that doesn't get enough credit. And I absolutely loved your first episodes. Oh, thanks, Caroline. I suffer from ME, CFS, POTS, and polycystic ovary syndrome, and I got my implants out in June. After having them for eight years and after three or four doctors telling me to keep them in, one of the implants was completely ruptured, and I'm not one of those who have made immediate recovery, but I'm very positive that taking them out was the only way to go. So we just want to wish you all the best with that, Caroline, and we really hope that your symptoms improve really quickly. And if you have a story to tell, get in touch with us via our Instagram page at the Heal Is Real podcast. And our next guest will be Dr. David Rankin. Now, he is a surgeon from Florida who decided four years ago to become an explant-only surgeon, and he's helped loads of ladies with BII. In the medical community, you want to always practice or try to practice with evidence-based medicine. So. Um, we're working on that. But if you look now at the Food and Drug Administration in the United States, they finally recognized breast implant illness and they list um, currently about 10 symptoms we see on a regular basis. Symptoms like anxiety and joint pain, skin problems, autoimmune susceptibility. But I see a lot of hair loss, depression in some women. I mean, the list goes on and on. I've seen a lot of these symptoms subside in the in the great majority of the patients that I do an explant on. So join us next time on the Heal is Real podcast. <laughs>